Merry Christmas, Christ Fellowship. I know we're here celebrating as a big family, and it looks so beautiful. I wish everyone could see this vantage point, seeing all the candles out. But I want to just take a moment where you get to turn to someone near you and say Merry Christmas. Show them much love, give them a hug, give them a kiss, shake their hand. Make sure that everyone, everyone, if you're in the balcony as well, Maybe it's someone you don't know. Maybe it's someone, hey, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Someone you're seeing for the first time, meeting for the first time. And if they're sitting a little far away from you, go get, get them. Give them a hug. Don't let them be by themselves. No person left behind. Everyone gets a hug. Everyone gets a hug. It's amazing to believe Christmas is here. So you can start making your way back to your seat. Give your last couple big hugs. And you can start making your way back to your seats so we could continue the series that we're, we're on. And we want to say Merry Christmas, not only to everyone that's here present with us, but everyone watching through our live stream today. We say Merry Christmas. Also, a special shout out to Xavier. I know you're watching. We just want to let you know that we love you very much. So if everyone real quick could say Merry Christmas to everyone that's watching through our live stream in the count of three. One, two, three. Merry Christmas. We send our love to you. So we're in the middle of a series. We're actually ending the series called A Messy Christmas. And the main thing that we've been talking about is that right now, even though we're in the middle of Christmas, it could easily get messy. And when I say messy, I'm not, I'm not just talking about all the, the mess. How many of you right now in your apartment or house is a little messy? Keep it real. Keep it real. <laughs> you know it's a little messy. You know, you're trying to hide things. You're trying to do things. You know, it's a little messy. But I'm not talking about the mess in your house. I'm talking about the mess in your heart, the mess in your life. And there's so many circumstances and challenges that we could be facing. And I'm going to read you a couple, and maybe you could relate. Maybe you've lost your job recently, and when it comes to work, it's messy. Maybe you don't have a job right now, or maybe you're in the process knowing that you want to change work, and that whole situation is just messy. Maybe you've been fighting with your spouse. Maybe it's not a Merry Christmas just because you and your spouse are not able to see eye to eye and you, are te you tend to fight more than discuss and talk things over. So right now you know there's tension at home and I think we could all agree if there's ever tension at home, it affects every aspect of your life. It affects everything in your life. So maybe you're here and a messy Christmas is the tension that's happening with your spouse, maybe with your children, whatever is happening in your house. Maybe your children left home 
and they're no longer with you as well. Maybe you feel alone. During this time period, so many people feel completely alone. Or maybe you feel like you're stuck in your depression and you're not able to break free, um, free from that and you feel as though that you're really sad in the process. Maybe you're battling a sickness or a disease. And you know that in the midst of all, you want it to be a Merry Christmas, looking and fixing your eyes on Jesus, but your heart is battling with the sickness and disease that you have right now. Maybe you're struggling in school. Maybe you want to go to school and you're not able to, and all that becomes a struggle. Maybe your debt is growing from week to week. Instead of you catching up, you feel like you're drowning in debt and you're not able to break free from that. Maybe it's been a hard time for you to overcome certain addictions in your life. You know that God wants to set you free and break every chain that you have, but it's not really a merry Christmas. It's a messy Christmas because of the addictions that you might be dealing with. Or maybe you feel like you're completely lost. You're here today. Maybe someone invited you to come here for the first time. Or maybe you haven't been here for a while, but you're like, you know what, I want to go. Because as much as on the outside, it might seem like everything, I, I have everything together. Even on the outside, it might seem to everyone that I'm smiling out, uh, outwardly. But inside of my heart, I feel lost. I know that there's something more to life. I know that God is real, but I, I feel distant from him, and I'm not able to tap into what I'm looking for. And deep down inside, you feel lost. You know, you're, you're like wishing that you could have like a GPS to guide you, guide you to the truth, and you're here today because you're longing for that. Does anyone relate to any of those examples? Raise your hand. Now, even if you can't relate to any of them, I was giving you examples of a messy Christmas. I guarantee you that you could fill in the blank. So imagine if there's a blank there and you have to fill in the blank. What would you put there that's making your Christmas messy? Now, why is this important for us to realize? It's because if we're in the middle of a messy Christmas in our life, you know that you can miss Christmas altogether. And when I say Miss Christmas, I'm not talking about meeting with your family. Some of you are like, oh man, I wish that was the part I was missing. It's like, I don't really want to meet up with my family. You know, I, when I talk about Miss Christmas, I'm not talking about missing eating. Because we're not, many of us, we're not going to pass uh, up the pernil con gris, plato maduro y yuca. You know what I mean? We're not going to pass that up. So it's like, I'm not talking about that aspect of Christmas. I'm not talking about the aspect of receiving gifts or exchanging gifts. I'm talking about Jesus. We could easily miss Christmas. And let me tell you, just because you know of Jesus, and maybe you had a relationship with Jesus at one point, you could still miss Christmas today. Because what happens is when you fix your eyes more on the mess, you'll miss Jesus. So where is your focus? Is your focus on God or is it on the messy situation that you're in right now? So you have to look at your life and really ask yourself, what are you looking at? Normally during Christmas and even today 
It was read Luke chapter 2 with the Christmas story. And so many times it's either Matthew chapters 1 and 2, Luke chapter 1 and 2. But we're going to read a different passage. And it's pretty much this passage is from the Gospel of John. And we're able to see Christmas through his eyes. And the story goes a little bit different from what we're used to. But I want you to hear carefully because what John shares is so deep. And I really believe with all my heart that there's people in this room that if they're not careful, you're going to miss Christmas. You're going to miss the greatest gift that you could ever have in your life. John chapter 1, starting at verse 9, you could turn there. And if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be behind me right now. It says this. The true light, of course, referring to Jesus, that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So right there, John was saying, Christmas is coming. Right there, he's saying Christmas is coming. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So everyone, say recognize. The world didn't recognize him. Let's continue verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive. Everyone say receive. receive. Did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So right there you see that when Jesus came, it said there the world did not recognize him. So right now this moment, Jesus wants to be seen by all of us, but sometimes we can't recognize him in the middle of our mess. And our mess, if we're not careful, could easily blind us from having that relationship and recognizing Jesus. But it's your choice. Your choice on what you're going to fix your eyes on. You decide if you're going to fix your eyes on the mess or you decide if you're going to fix your eyes on Jesus. And right now, this very moment, every single person that's here in this room and everyone watching through the live stream, you're doing one or the other. It's hard to keep your eyes on Jesus and on the mess at the same time. You're either keeping your eyes on Jesus or you're keeping your eyes on the mess. And you could only have hope, you could only have peace, you could only have everything that God has for you when you fix your eyes on Jesus. Can you recognize Jesus? Do you see Jesus in the middle of your mess? Because if you're not seeing Jesus, you need to adjust your sight. Another key word was receive. Have you received the gift of Christmas? Here, it says, it says there, it says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So right there at this moment, 
It's like it's your choice whether or not to receive Jesus. So first you have to recognize him, realize that he's there, and realize that he's there available for you to have a relationship with him. But it's up to you to receive him and really invite him into your heart. There's some Christians that the extent of their walk with God is just recognizing who God is. I recognize who he is, and I want to keep it that way, but I'm not willing to receive him into my heart. And I don't know where you're at, but you're going to miss the greatest gift that you could ever have for Christmas. I don't know about you, but in my house growing up, our Christmas tree used to stay up for a very long time. When I say long time, I'm not talking about like January 1st. I'm not talking about January 6th. That's my birthday, Dia de los Reyes Mago. You know what I mean? We used to keep it up there. Um, January 6th, January 11th. No, January 15th. My dad's birthday was January 22nd. He wanted the Christmas tree to be up not only past his birthday, but even up to February. Okay? So if you went to the Sedeno household when I was little, not only it was a white Christmas tree, it wasn't even green, it was a big white Christmas tree, all the way up to February, the weather started to break. It was like starting to get warm, March, who knows. Let me tell you, I was sharing that story with someone, I'm not going to say who it was. But they were like, yeah, we kept it once to like April. I was like, April? What are you waiting for the summer? It's like they're waiting for the summertime, you know, like to have the Christmas tree taken down. But to me, like February was a long time. Anyone here keeps it for a long time? Be honest. We're not going to judge you. Okay, maybe a little bit, but all right. You can put your hands down. Um, But check this out. Imagine. Imagine if you have a Christmas tree that's up all year round, all year round. You never took it down from your living room. And I or anyone else gives you a gift on a Christmas day. And you take it, you recognize it's a gift, but you leave it under the Christmas tree for an entire year until this year. Like a whole year, you leave the gift there without opening the gift. Like, you'd be like, who would do that? Like, who would actually get a gift, leave it there, stare at it, know it's present, recognize what it is, but you're not willing to receive it. Open it up and really receive the gift that was given to you. But you know what? We do that all the time, often, when it comes to our relationship with God and what God offers us. It's like we receive the greatest gift of ever, which is Jesus, to have a relationship with him. And what we do is we recognize it's a gift, we leave it in a certain place, and really we don't really look at it or really pay attention to it too much, but we never open it and receive it at all. And many of us are in the same place spiritually this year for Christmas than what we were last year. Where are you spiritually? Are you growing in God? Because if spiritually you're in the same exact place you were last year, when it comes to the greatest gift, which is Jesus, you've left Jesus underneath the Christmas tree for a full year. You recognize that he was there, You recognize that he's part of your life, you could say. 
but you never received and opened up the true gift, which is to have a relationship with him. Because everyone here, Jesus came to have a relationship with you. It's not just enough to recognize who he is. It's not enough to have him in a certain place in your life. Maybe you have your Bible in a certain place. Maybe you have a picture, whatever it is, that makes you remember who Jesus is. It's not enough to maybe go to church once in a while. It's to have that relationship with him every single day of your life. Where are we when it comes to that? Something that's really interesting, it says um, this, it says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So right there you see that Christmas is about being children of God, and he gives you that right to be called a child of God if you recognize and receive him. I've said this before, not everyone's not children of God. We're all God's creation. But you become a child of, of God when we, you choose to identify yourself as his child. And when you're willing to have a relationship with him. The moment you give your heart to God, how it says right there, it says that, um, you, um, he gave the right to become children of God. So if you want to be a child of God, you need to recognize and you need to receive the gift that he has given you. So for us, something that's very important is never to forget how much God loves us. Because he came a super long way to have this relationship with us. Now, obviously, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but do you have a relationship with Jesus? I want you to just even just ask yourself, do you really have a relationship with Jesus? Because that's the reason why he came. And his love for us is so great. And I'm going to share four truths about Christmas real quick so that we would be able to see how great God's love is. In the midst of our messy life, God comes down, pours down his love for us. And these are things that we might know, but these are things that we could easily take for granted. The first one is this, and if you have a bulletin in the back, you could take notes as well. It says this, God came to the earth. He came to the earth. God didn't have to come to the earth. He could have decided to stay seated on his throne. He didn't have to make his way here to be with us. And really, he came to our rescue. In John 12, 46, it says this, I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. He doesn't want any of us to stay in darkness. He doesn't want any of us to stay in our mess. He wants to be in the midst with us within our hearts. And here we know that God came to the earth and he came to our rescue. I don't know if anyone has ever come to your rescue in any way, shape, or form. Maybe you had a flat tire and you just literally like was calling your friends trying to see who could come and rescue you. And imagine the feeling you get when you see your friend pull up or a family member pull up to help you. 
because you need help. And maybe all of us, we could think of a moment where you needed someone to come in to rescue you and imagine how you felt at that moment. Everyone in this room, everyone that's ever lived was in need of rescuing, is in need of rescuing. So here we know that God came to the earth. He didn't have to. He wanted to because he loves us so much. He came to the earth and he stepped into the messy world that we were in. And he stepped in because he loves us. And right now, this moment for every person that's here, you know exactly what you're going through. You know exactly what you're going through. And you know what? God came, and not only did he step into the world over 2,000 years ago, but he's willing to step into your life, into your mess right now, whatever you're going through. He's willing to be there and meet you there and rescue you there. And I don't know about you, that, but that brings a lot of joy into my heart knowing that God loves us that much. And what's amazing is that God, like no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, like God's love for us is constant. And he wants that relationship with us. And he went a long way to get it. God came to the earth. By Jesus coming to the earth, it's as if he was telling each and every one of us, I love you so much. And it should be behind me. I love you so much. He wants every single person here to know. And everyone watching to live stream, I love you so much. Doesn't matter what you've done. He knows everything every one of us have done. But he loves every single one of us so much. You don't have to earn your love. There's uh, his love. There's nothing that you could do to make God love you more. There's nothing that you could do to make God love you less. He loves you so much. And right now, this moment in our lives, you might feel in your heart that there's a lack of love. Like you don't feel loved. But let me tell you, when you fix your eyes on Jesus and you receive the gift of Jesus in your life, you'll experience love like you've never experienced it in your life before. The second truth, it's not only that God came to the earth, God became a man, okay? God became one of us. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Think about it. If you were God, imagine if you were God. That, that's, that could be a very scary thing for us to imagine one of us being God, myself, or any of you guys. It's like, imagine if you're God, and you want to communicate your love to your creation, you could say, how would you have done it? You know, some of us might have written it in the sky. Some of us might have sent some lightning bolts or who knows what you would have done. It's like some of us could have probably thought of so many different ways. But Jesus, what he decided to do, what God decided to do is to come to this earth as a man, as a human being. And think about it as well. It's like he wanted to come just like one of us so that he could relate and meet with uh, each of us exactly where we're at. He wants to meet you right now exactly where you're at. So many times we think it's like, you know, to have a relationship with God. I want to do certain things before I can have that relationship with God. 
It's like, you know, I'm not ready to have a relationship with God. Once I do this, 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 and this, then I could open my heart and have a relationship with God. No, no, no. God came as a human to meet us exactly where he's at. And for each of us, we need to realize that's a huge, huge blessing. I want to read to you something that's so special, too. It's from Max Lucado. It's a book um, that he wrote. And it says this. It's describing, it's describing Mary's um, experience with Jesus. And it should be behind me as well. It says this. She touches the face of the infant God. How long was your journey? This baby had overlooked the universe. These rags keeping him warm were the robes of eternity. His golden throne room had been abandoned in favor of a dirty sheep pen. And worshiping angels had been replaced with kind but bewildered shepherds. Meanwhile, the city hums. The merchants are unaware that God has visited the planet. The innkeeper would never believe that he had just sent God into the cold. Think about that. The innkeeper didn't know. It's like, you just sent God into the cold. It's like here, it's like God became man so that he could relate with all of us. And by Jesus becoming man, he's telling each and every one of us, I understand your mess. He's letting each of you know, I understand your mess. So right now you might be here and you might think, it's like, you know what? No one understands what I'm going through. You might say, it's like, uh, Carlos, it's nice what you're saying, but you don't understand what I'm going through. You're right. I probably don't understand that all what you're going through, but God does. God lived through this earth for 33 years as a human. He was tempted. He was tired. He, w- he went through a lot of different things with a lot of pressure. He was betrayed. You know, there's so many things he went through in the journey of life. And I really believe that in that journey, he did that so he would be able to, for us to know that we could relate to him and he, he could relate to us. He understands what we're going through. So for no matter what you're going through today, God understands your mess. And he wants to meet you exactly there. The third truth that I want to highlight is this. God came to ordinary people. God came to ordinary people. I asked before, imagine if you were God and you were coming to meet with your creation, what would you do? If you were God and you were coming to meet with your creation, would you show up at a barn, pretty much? Would that be like your main location? Or would you choose a palace? I mean, you're the king of kings and you choose to be in a barn. So here it's like you realize, and how it was said in the video, the barn is like the lowest of low when it comes to places. But you see God's heart. It's like God is there for everyone. So, so there it's like we see God came to ordinary people. So for us to realize, some of, some of us, we might feel it's like, you know what? We're no one special. Like you might feel it's like, you know, who loves you? You know, you feel completely lo- alone. You might feel like there's no one that's close to you or whatever it may be. It's like God came for you. 
You know, God could have easily came and met with the religious leaders. God could have came and met, you know, first with all the, the politicians of the day, you could say. God could have came and met with all the high-ranking people. But God came for the common people, the ordinary people. If anything, he came for those that were on the lowest rung in society. When he showed up to the shepherds, when the, when the announcement were made to the shepherds about Jesus, shepherds were seen as the lowest pretty much job you could have of that day. Nobody wanted to be shepherds, pretty much. So when you think about it, here are the shepherds, the ones that are disliked, the, the job that no one wants to do, the ones that don't get the inside scoop of what's happening about anything. And God decides to shout their way what's happening. God brings to their attention exactly what's happening with Jesus. So for us, we need to know that in God's eyes, everybody is a somebody. Because the world wants you to feel like you're a nobody. The world makes you feel it's like for you to be somebody, you need to have a title, you need to have a career, you need to have education, you need to have money in the bank, you need to have a, a house or whatever it is. The world tells you that's what it takes to be a somebody. And if you don't have those things, you're nobody. But God flips it upside down and says, no, 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 no. Those that feel as though they're nobodies, they're somebodies in my eyes. And I'm coming straight to them first. Not to those that feel like they have it all together. Not to those that feel like they have everything the world has to offer. No, I'm going to those they need to hear and be reminded that the greatest gift of Christmas is my love for them and the relationship that they could have with me. By Jesus coming to ordinary people, he's telling each and every one of, all, uh, each and every one of us, I am accessible to everyone. Jesus is accessible to every single person. And what's amazing, too, it doesn't matter what you did this morning. You could open your heart to God today. It doesn't matter how you've lived the last 30, 40 years. You could open your heart to God today, and he's not going to hold back from loving you. He's not going to hold back from pouring out everything he has for you. But you know what it is, is that we're the ones that decide to put the walls up. We're the ones that are willing just to recognize who he is, but we don't want to receive the gift of Jesus, the gift of a relationship with him. The fourth truth is this. God came for our benefit. God came for our benefit. He didn't come for himself, you could say. He came for us. He came to bless us. He came to restore our relationship with him. He, he came to heal pretty much the distance that we've had through the years with him. So for us to realize, it's like, you know, it's like, why does God want to have a relationship with, with you? It's because he loves you. He cares about you. He created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows the entire journey of your life. He knows the moments you oppose him. He knows the moments you cursed at him. He knows the moments that you turn your back on him, and he loves you the same. 
And sometimes it's hard for us to see that and realize that because we don't know that type of love here in this world. In this world, love is thrown, the word love is thrown around and is watered down completely. It's watered down. We say we love this, we love that, but we don't know the true meaning of love. Love is not based on emotions. Love is not based on circumstances. Love is not based on how you feel in the morning. Love is not based on what you do for me or I do to you or whatever. Love is based on a decision. And God made a decision that he's going to love us no matter what. And in the midst of us turning our backs on God, he made the decision to send his one and only son to come into this earth, live the 33 years, and die on the cross for every single one of us. And that's love. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So right there, Jesus makes a comparison. He says, you know what? There is someone out there that's there that's looking to steal, kill, and destroy you. And all of us here, in one way or another, we've experienced what the enemy has tried to do in our lives to destroy us. But then Jesus flips the script, and he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Have you opened that Christmas gift under the tree that God has for us? Have you? Because Jesus says that I have come that you may have life. Are you experiencing life right now? Because there's a difference between truly living and living in a relationship with God, knowing God, living for God, having purpose in your life, knowing that every single day of your journey is pretty much God is leading you through it and there's a purpose with it. There's a difference with living compared to existing. If we're stuck in our mess, we're going through the motions and we're just existing, we're not really living. Where are you today? Are you just existing through life or are you truly living? And I have to tell you, you could only truly live once you know Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with God, it's impossible for you to truly live because Jesus is the life. So when you have Jesus in your life, then you could truly live. I remember clear as day when I was like 18 years old and I knew that something was missing in my life. I was going through the motions, chasing after whatever the world had to offer to me, but I was empty inside. And I used to hang out with my friends. I used to hang out in the corners with them and everything like that. And I just thought that that's what life might have been about. But I, there was such an emptiness deep inside my heart that I remember as clear as day when they gave me an opportunity to have a relationship with God, I took it. I said, I want to know what true living is because when I looked at my life, I was just existing. Right now, this moment, there's many of us that are just existing. We're going through the motions. Every day is the same. There's no relationship with God. 
and you walk through the rooms of your heart and you might see a Christmas tree there and the gift of Jesus is underneath and we haven't received it. We haven't opened it up. Every year we say that we want to get closer to God, but when we look at where we're at today compared to last year, we're in the same place. But it's your decision to make that change. It's your decision to make something happen. In John chapter 3, verse 16, the most popular verse that there is, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. And in John chapter 1, I mean, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. By Jesus coming for our benefit, he's telling each and every one of us, I am here to save you. He's telling every single person here, I'm here to save you. And you might feel it's like, I don't even realize that I, I'm in need of saving. I remember when I first started coming to God and, and everything, something I used to love doing was collecting tracks. Many of us know what a track is. It's pretty much the little publications that they do to help you get to know God. And people sometimes hand them to you. And back then, I used to have an album of them. I used to love them. I used to love reading things to remind me how much God loves me and how he died for me, and I could have a relationship with him. And I would keep them. I would have hundreds of them in albums. I still have it somewhere. I have to find them. And I remember there was one track that stood out to me above all of them, all of them. And on the outside of the track, it said, what do you have to do to go to hell? And then when you open the track, in, in the entire middle section, there's not even one word written in it at all. It's completely blank. So at first, when I saw that track and I opened it, I'm like, this is, uh, they ran out of ink or something? You know what I mean? It's like, why there's no writing inside the track? It's like, you know, they have to buy some ink, go to Staples or do something. It's like, there's things missing. But then I turn it to the back, and in the back it said, you don't have to do anything to go to hell. You're on your way right now. And that's why I had nothing inside the track. And then all of a sudden, I realized, it's like, wait a second. I'm on my way to hell right now. And it's because when you don't have a relationship with God, that's the destiny that we have. We're on a course that Jesus is trying to save us from. Because the penalty of sin is death. And all of us, including myself, every one of us, everyone that's ever lived except Jesus, we've sinned. And because of the sin, there's a penalty. There's a punishment that has to take place because of the sin that we've done. 
the sin that we've done throughout our lives, someone has to pay. Who's going to pay? Every one of us deserves death because of the sin that we've done. But then all of a sudden, God's love is so great. And God's love to make himself accessible to us. God's love to be able to connect with everyone. God's love to reach you and meet you exactly where you're at, no matter what's happening in your life. God's love to chase after you. God's love is so great that God decides to send his one and only son, Jesus, to come on Christmas and give us the greatest gift, a way to have a relationship with him again. And the reason why we have a way to have a relationship with him again is because Jesus paid the price that I deserve, that you deserve, that every single person here deserves. Jesus paid the price on the cross. Here on the side, you see the cross and you see the Christmas tree. And we need to realize Jesus was born to die so that we could live. He was born to die. And of course, Christmas is such a beautiful time where we rejoice, but we can't forget that right where we celebrate Christmas, in the shadows is the cross. Because he was born to die so that we could live. But the choice to live is also yours and yours alone. And what I want to tell you is like, honestly, I don't, at this moment, care how long you've known about God. My question is, do you know God today? Did you talk to him today? Do you have a relationship with him today? In just a few moments, we're going to have communion. And the reason why we have communion in the front this time, usually we do it during worship, where we hand it out and everyone ends up getting it, you could say and partaking of communion. But the reason why we're doing it this way this time is because I want you to make a choice to have that relationship with Jesus. Because when you take communion, you recognize what Christmas is really all about. Christmas is about Jesus, and in the shadows you see the cross. And for you to come forward... To receive the greatest gift, symbolic here, he made the way for you to have the greatest gift by dying on the cross. You have the bread, the crackers, symbolic of his body. You have the juice, symbolic of his blood that was shed for each of us so that you could have a relationship with him, so that we could have a relationship with him. And the reason the ushers are right by the Christmas tree it's because that's the greatest gift you could ever receive in your life. I don't care how many years you've lived. I don't care how many Christmases you've had. I don't care all the gifts you've received since you were little until your old age now, if you're older. Whatever it is, out of all the gifts you've received in your life, whether material, whether it's, it's a person, whatever it is that the gifts might be, 
Nothing compares to the greatest gift, which is Jesus. But it's not good enough just to recognize it's the greatest gift. You need to receive the greatest gift. So when you come forward now, I want you to come forward in a second. But I want you even first to close your eyes where you're seated right now. How is your relationship with God? How is it? Does God appear to be very distant? Because if he feels distant, I could almost guarantee you he's not the one that's moved. We walk away from him many times. We allow the messes of this life to grab our attention. We allow the, the things of this world to lure us away. But I don't know about you, I don't want to be in the same place this Christmas, next Christmas. Every year I want to grow closer and closer to God. So now, as you're seated there, I want you to talk to God. With your own words, I want you to let him know if you want this relationship with him. Jesus came a long way to have it with you. But he's not going to force you to have it. You need to open your heart. And it's not complicated. You open your heart and talk to him. Let him know that you want to have this relationship with him. That you want to listen to his voice. That, he, that you want to be able to speak to him and understand him more. So I want to give you this moment right now for you to talk to him. With every eye closed, it's you and Jesus. Father God, as we're here gathered, right now, this moment, there's nothing more than we want than to have a relationship with you, God. You came to, so that it could be possible, and we want that personally. So God, right now, this moment, as we open up this floor, so that we could get the elements represented of your, of your body and blood, God, God, I pray as we step forward to get it, that it would be a declaration from our heart to yours that we want that relationship like never before. That, God, that not only it's a declaration, but God, we're confessing and saying, God, we're sorry for if, if we walked away. God, forgive us, God, for looking at so many other things except you. God, as we come forward, God, we're making this declaration that we want to know the true meaning of Christmas, which is you. In Jesus' name. So come forward if you would want that. Come forward either to either side, this over here, this side, or this side. Knowing that you're picking up symbolically the, uh, the blood and body of Jesus. And it's the greatest gift of Christmas. So once you get the elements, you could make your way back to your seats, and I will guide you through it. So remember just to talk to God as you're waiting there with the elements.
let him know what Christmas means to you. How you understand today, it's about having a relationship with him. If everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes. If that is you that desire to have this relationship with God, we're going to do communion a little bit different today. Where I'm going to guide you in a prayer, but only repeat it if you mean it. Only repeat it if you're willing to have that relationship with God. And then after we pray, we're going to take the elements, remembering the greatest gift of Christmas. Repeat after me. Father God, we thank you for your great love. We thank you for sending your one and only son to this earth to live here a sinless life to die on the cross to make a way for me to know you. Right now, I give you my heart. Please forgive me for all of my sins. I desire to have this relationship with you. There's nothing more that's competing with you. I give you everything. Thank you for being willing to step into my mess. And I know my life will never be the same. Because today I confess that you're my Lord and Savior. And I'm surrendering it all to you. Thank you for giving me the greatest gift in Christmas, which is a relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. You could take the bread now, symbolic of his body. And you could take the juice, symbolic of his blood. And the reason why we do this is remembering this is the price that he paid so we could open up the greatest gift on Christmas Day. So let's worship God together now in song.